All right, welcome back to Linjoth Hockey Podcast, episode 67. We are in partnership with the Black and Gold Hockey Productions, and you're here with co-host father and son duo, Andrew and Jim Lindrop. Dad, how are you doing today? Doing great, Andrew. What do we have on store? This is a bonus episode. Yeah, so I know that we'll obviously be capping up this uh, crazy trade deadline week. Um, of course, being big Boston Bruins fans with our Bruins parent company, that will be big and important for us. Um, we'll also uh, be talking uh, about a little bit of Sheffield Steelers, and UK hockey, which dad, I know that you'll be able to touch on up on here in a little bit. Yep. And then uh, we'll also cover our um, latest guests that will be coming up, especially one that is this Friday. And uh, make sure you guys stay tuned, as we promised on Twitter. If you stay to the end of the episode, you'll find that out. We'll also give a list of the upcoming uh, guests we have uh, coming up as well. So. Uh, Dad, did you have anything else to say before we started? Let's get into some Bruins trade. The trade deadline just happened. Go for it, Andrew. Well, Dad, I want to know your opinions before I just go on a tangent here. Um, Do you feel like this trade deadline was successful? Do you think Don Sweeney still has his job? And three, do you think the Bruins are, are now, I wouldn't say still contenders, as a lot of people don't think we are in the first place. Do you think we are made contenders through this trade deadline? It's going to be interesting. We didn't get any help offensively, but I think hopefully we plugged the holes defensively. Uh, you know, we'll have to have on uh, Dave Capuano to give us a, a better uh, read from a professional hockey player's perspective. He knows the game better than us, but I, I think, you know, he, we could say that uh, we suffered on defense yep. quite a bit when we lost Krug, we lost uh, Chara, uh, we've been suffering. McAvoy's been doing a good job. Uh, I know you're not a Carlo fan. Uh, you know, Clifton's hit or miss sometimes. So yeah. hopefully the new uh, acquisitions are going to fill that hole. So you want to talk about the, let's talk about the players. Yeah. So obviously uh, a bit of it, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. not necessarily underwhelming trade deadline, according to, you know, who you talk to, I consider it a little bit of an underwhelming trade deadline, but we start with our big trade. That was a few days before the deadline date. Uh, we signed Hampus Lindholm. Um, after trading him, we traded off uh, uh, John Moore, our prospect, Jero Vakaninen, and see, see you later. See you so, later. Wonderful trade, and the Bruins did a great job. When it was announced, everybody was freaking out. I think everybody was willing to give up John Moore, and nothing against a guy who didn't work in Boston. It was like $2.5 million a year for doing nothing. Yep. Uh, and you know, let's, we won't go on a tangent on Sweeney's draft picks. You know, it's, he's been hit or miss, but the draft picks really haven't been working out for us too well. So we gave up a what second round and a first two second rounds and a first, but the second, second round was to give up John Moore's, uh, contract, which is incredibly similar to us giving up that first rounder a few years ago in that back is trade. Um, and we had to dump his contract. And the Bruins signed him to an uh, sign Lindholm to an eight-year yes. extension right off the bat. So Which, Lindholm wants to be here. Yep. And at first, I think everybody was going, "Are we giving up too much as far as draft picks for basically a rental?" Right. And it was going to be a rental. That was, I think, instrumental to Don Sweeney making this trade was contract talks with Lindholm beforehand. Um, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'll grade this trade in an A for the Bruins because they addressed a big need. You can argue whether or not you gave up a lot, but this is a 6'4", 220-pound defender, top four. He's certainly our top two. We'll probably be with McAvoy or with Carlo. I would love to see him with McAvoy and see what he can do. Yeah, I think it would be awesome. And uh, 
I think that the Bruins got away with not giving up too much for a Jacob Chikrin from Arizona, which they were eyeing on hard and every other team in the league. Um, I think Don Sweeney did well here. But, Dad, you know, as, as we've noticed on the trade deadline date, there's only one other move for the Bruins, which was uh, another defenseman, which is really our seventh, eighth defenseman on the depth chart, which is Josh Brown, uh, six foot five, 230 pounder, um, who's played in Ottawa. And I think various other teams, but most has been with Ottawa's career. Um, do you know much about that player at all? I, mean, I know he's a death player, but he's the only other trade the Bruins made. So we might as well, well again, about I it. would love to talk to Dave Capuano. Matter of fact, we'll have him on here. Uh, uh, but I'd like to talk to Dave because his brother is the assistant coach with Ottawa and right. I believe works with the defense. Right. So he could give us a great scouting report, his, his brother. Yeah. Um, so that's something I, I look forward to talking to. For me, it plugs a hole. What's, what is the Bruins' main problem in the last six years in the playoffs? They get beat up. Why? Right. We have no toughness. Right. This guy's going to bring the toughness. You want to mess with McAvoy in the playoffs, which you know everybody's going to gun for McAvoy, mm-hmm. and they're going to gun for Marchant. They're going to gun for Hall, and they're going to hurt him. They don't want him in there. And if, and if Bergeron even comes back, right. th- you know, they got to protect Bergeron all costs. So I think, and we gave up Sinishin who wanted out of Boston, right? He wasn't in the lineup. Let's face it. You know, maybe he's going to turn into a fantastic hockey player, but uh, he wanted out of Boston. He obviously thought he could play in the NHL full time. Give him his chance somewhere else. He wasn't going to make it into the Bruins line. No. And uh, he had signed for that extra year during his uh, restricted free agent uh, year this past uh, off season. So I give him credit for sticking around for yet another year and hoping that he would work. But unfortunately, Sweeney sees that uh, part of his 2015, unfortunately, part of that disaster draft, uh, his fault or not, according to certain Bruins fans that uh, just didn't pan out. And obviously, Dad, let's let's just point out the elephant in the room while we're still stuck on the Bruins. I was um, obviously the other player that has been begging to be traded out and even came out uh, was when asked, he said he still did not rescind his trade offer. Right. What do you think about Sweeney, first of all, let's cover this real quick. Not only Sweeney keeping DeBrusque, um, and of course, under my emotions yesterday, I posted on Twitter keeping DeBrusque hostage, which we can talk about why we think maybe being kept hostage. But Don Sweeney was pretty smart. His qualifying offer was $4.5 million. Don Sweeney was having a hard time trading because of that qualifying offer. Yep. DeBrusque two-season slump. I know he's picking it up uh, since January 1st now, but he started off the year slow again. Um, what do you think about that kind of handcuffing DeBrusque? I know that it's a business move if we can't trade him for somebody better, but, you know, as a Boston Bruins fan, Dad, I know that, you know, there's a lot of pride in Boston amongst uh, even the citizens there that you got to have a lot of pride for playing with the Bruins. And it doesn't go over well when a player continues to say, I don't care to be here. Well, it, obviously he needs to go. And, you know, it's like any relationship when two parties can't agree and can't live together and one wants to leave, then it's time to, call it quits. But I think Sweeney's smart. I mean, he said, I'm not going to trade DeBrusque, who is so hot and cold, has trade value. Mm -hmm. But again, with the restricted free agent, it was probably tough to move him. And you weren't going to get much form. So I think Sweeney's saying, okay, we'll give you the, you know, the qualifying offer. We're going to keep you. And then we're going to trade you when the time's right. And in the meantime, you're being paid 
over $4 million a year to play a sport. And not to mention to play on the top line with Bergeron You know, it's like grow the hell up. You right. know, sometimes we all stuck in jobs, you know, that we didn't want to be in, but it's, it's the only job we had, so you stick with it. Right. And he's playing on that top line with Berge, Bergeron and Marchand. He seemed to sometimes find success, and he's kind of helped driving some plays there, too. He needs too. to be careful not to be a whiny baby. Well, and that's exactly the thing. And he's not, you know, it's like if you want to be traded, then you got to give your team something to be tradable. Right. And if, you know, he's not doing that great. Well, it's crazy when he shows his flashes of his talent, you know, with those greasy goals with that hat trick. I think it was against Winnipeg. It could be wrong. But, uh, you know, he was just on fire. He, he can show that in the playoffs against Toronto in 2019. So it's up to DeBrusque. You know, I know we kind of give DeBrusque a hard time. He's just a young kid. But. Debrusque has a lot of talent. He's got first round talent and he's got top six talent. It's only when he wants to do it. Is he going through stuff mentally? Is he going through stuff in the background, kind of like Pasta is when we were giving him about going through hard times with his, his baby? Um, so I don't know. But either way, like you said, Dad, we all work jobs. We all have to perform. And if we don't perform, we get fired, right? So Who are you going to trade at $4.5 million to get Jake Debrusque? And you're unsure of whether or not he's going to perform for you. Uh, so I think a lot of it, you know, the teams are questioning, you know, what type of guy is he in the locker room? And, you know, I mean, I think players are more spoiled these days. And I, and I understand from their point of view, look, my prime years are these years, whatever they are in your mid to late twenties. Right. And that's, you know, I need to do that. And there's a lot of pressure to make the money and perform well and if you're not on the team that's giving you the ice time or whatever, and clearly DeBrusque and Cassidy don't get along for whatever reason, right? right? Cassidy benching him in, in November. And it just comes down to professionalism. I'm sure if we have on all of our player guests, they'll be like, you know, tough. Right. You're a professional. You're being paid millions of dollars. You know, you've got to perform. You can't be sitting there whining about why I didn't get traded. But, right. I, you know, we could sit here and complain about Jake DeBrusque. Right. I think it's a smart move by Sweeney because you just don't want to give him away. Right. He's too valuable of an asset. Um, just still a bit disappointing. I was in my fields when he wasn't traded. I just don't like something that doesn't want to be here. But I also personally like DeBrusque, and I like him as a player. So hopefully he can give us a chance at the cup. But, Dad, I'd like to move on from the Bruins because we could sit there and – invent all day but i want to quickly cover over just a few of the bigger trades dad because this was a pretty big trade deadline um let's talk about the first one which i kind of expected i didn't really think chicago was going to move him but mark andre fleury on the move again kind of don't understand why chicago chicago wanted to go through a rebuild almost last summer two summers ago then they pick up seth jones and now flurry and then they say they're going to go for it now patrick kane jonathan taves they might be leaving now that they're being told it's going to be a definite rebuild. What if Patrick Kane and Jonathan Davis gets traded, Dad? Do you think this is going to be a pretty big offseason for this? I mean, with Flurry being traded, I mean, that's a pretty big deal for Chicago. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's Chicago has a plan, and it looks like they're all in. And we don't know, again, with a player like Flurry, if, if he kind of wanted to trade. If not, you know, I would assume with a player like him, you're not going to just trade them. You're going to say, Hey, we're thinking that this is the moves we want to make for the club. And you know, you owe him the respect. And I don't know, maybe the players don't get that, but I would right. assume, you know, he was in on the trade because 
but I don't know, maybe I'm speaking out of turn. So, well, and I didn't, I forgot to mention to you, Flurry was straight to the Minnesota Wild of all teams, which I was very, very shocked. But maybe the, you know, I mean, I always liked Flurry. Um, you know, I know there's some Bruins fans that would like him, but he's an old guy now. Yeah. And how long can he play? And, you know, one injury is something, you know, we mostly don't think about. We're saying, what a great player, this or that, or there's so much talent or had talent or all this stuff. But you're, as you get older, you're one injury, one injury away from you're done. Right. And that has, you have to take that in, into account as a GM. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, my dark horse prediction as a Stanley Cup contender is the Minnesota Wild this year. They also picked up a tough guy, Nick Delorier, for the yep. fourth line to help protect uh, the Russian star Kaprizov. And they also picked up tough guy, Jacob Middleton. Everybody's, everybody's toughening up. They finally have figured it out mm-hmm. that it's a war of attrition in the playoffs. Yep. And you have to protect your players. And if somebody like Tampa, you know, I mean, you got to give them their due. Look at all the tough guys they got. They wear, they grind, they just beat upon other teams. Yep, absolutely. So, um, yeah, so way to go. What other quick trades do we have, Andrew? So Tampa Bay, Dad, they said that they're going to be quiet this trade deadline and somehow, some way, they add their third liners that they did just the two years before. Yep. They're, they're Coleman's and they're Goodrow's, and they added Brandon Hagel, who's been a star for Chicago this season, and Nick Paul, who's a dark horse uh, trade right there, who was a bottom six, middle six guy for Ottawa. So, which, by the way, Nick Paul scored last night for Tampa. So... They're making a three-peat run, but I think it's going to be down to Florida, Florida. and Tampa. This is going to be interesting because right. Florida's and if, on fire. And well, of Claude course, Giroux. Of, right. Giroux going, of course. Well, and of course. They got Ben Chirot, too. They got the right. Day, and uh, Giroux, I'm sure, said, I want to go to somebody that can win a cup. And that's what do you think about Giroux saying no to the Bruins? It, that's official. He Bruins said no. are not a, considered a cup contender this year. You wouldn't so. want to play with Hall and Pasternak? Well, I'm not saying that I wouldn't want him. I'm saying he probably didn't want to go to Boston. Yeah, that's sad. sad. And if Florida does win, we know who we're going to call. We're going to call our our, our friend, friend Jeff Tui, yep. who's uh, amateur director of amateur scouting, or he's he's heavily involved in scouting for that team. We talked to him last year. Yep. Uh, you know, he kind of gave us a heads up beforehand. We kept it quiet <laughs> that he was – you know, moving from a GM consulting spot in the, uh, you know, Canadian juniors to, uh, you know, back to uh, scouting again. Yeah. Absolutely. For Florida. And, you know, we know our buddy, Dave Capuano, yep. he's big and I think was big in Florida too. So watch Florida. Yeah. Watch Florida, watch Tampa again. Dad, if you look at the East, everybody loaded up, but one team. Did you happen to notice what team that was that no. should have been buyers? No. The Washington Capitals. They picked up one person, Marcus Johansson. Hey, they're happy with their team. They're close-knit. You know, uh, good luck to them. Don't think they'll make it far, but that's also just my opinion. Dad, a fun fact here. Uh, I don't know if you watched the Toronto Maple Leafs GM come out during his press conference, but first of all, 14 players they lost to waivers this year so far. 14. That's double than any other team in the league, that's pretty rough to lose that much depth players. And they lost another goalie, as you know, their goaltending trouble. So I hope Toronto's another first round loser. Um, in fact, now that I think about it, because I don't like Toronto that much, I didn't really follow the trade deadline. Do they get any trade accusations, big ones that you know of? I can't. Yeah, there was, oh gosh, I forget which one it is, but 
Yeah, they 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 got a decent player, but they didn't get. They got no. They got they got the captain from um, Giordano. That's right, Mark Giordano from Seattle Crack. Right, former Calgary, which makes no sense to me because older guy played over a thousand games. They said he's instrumental to this cup contender. Do they need that vet presence? I don't know. I I guess they felt they need to, but hopefully, first round exit to me. But what, uh, what do we know? We watch from a couch. So what? Just quick we question. Watch the game from a cup. That's true. Just a quick question, Dad, because we—I mean—we got to still fill up time here, anyways. But uh, did you happen to see the spat with the during Kyle Dubas, Toronto GM, by the way? No. Um, his comments towards the no. Chicago. No. Well, apparently there's just some quick drama because uh, there was a potential flurry trade to Toronto, and I guess the Chicago GM leaked the proposed trade, and there's a big deal and. Now there's beefs between the Kyles, Kyle Davidson and Kyle Dubas. So it's just a little interesting to see now this insider information, Dad, and the draft being ruined this past draft with uh, Frank Cirabali coming out and leaked all of Seattle's cracking picks beforehand. Do you think this insider shit's getting too far? Just, just getting to be too much of this shit, this rumor stuff, or do you think that it's kind of part of the fun? Well, I think for the diehard fans, it, it's like politics, right, in the right. United States. It, you know, there's political junkies. So, you know, I think there's hockey business junkies that thrive on stuff like this and speculations and rumors. And, right. you know, to me, you know, I mean, I got too much going on to worry about rumors, but I know some people really enjoy it. Yeah, no, it definitely continues to make it interesting. Um, but other than that, Dad, I, I don't know if you followed too much of the other ones, but other than that, I think that that was really a, a, a big trade deadline. So what do you have else for us? I think the Bruins are in a, a, a decent spot. I, I, I really do. And it's really going to be, you know, the attrition. But the Bruins are definitely, you know, I like Frederick, but he's not a heavyweight. Right. He's not a heavyweight. And we can't rely on him. We can't rely on Foligno to be the tough guy. Right. Even though he'll step up, but he's right. an older guy. Right. So I think by getting Brown yep. and we got rid of Sinishin, who wanted out, wasn't really making the lineup with the Bruins. Right. It was a smart move. And I'm sure he knows his job. Right. And it's to protect McAvoy and it's going to be to protect the first line. I, I see him as our, our uh, Tenority pick from last year. And you remember that waiver pick. And we're going to, you know, do well, we'll see. I, I think it'll be good. I think the kid will step up. And, uh, you know, protect his players. Is it enough for the Bruins? I don't know. I mean, we're never going to get back to that 2011 team that just had so much depth and toughness everywhere. But, you know, I think the Bruins, uh, I'm a little bit more hopeful. Yeah. I think the goaltending is is better. Um, You know, I just don't understand the Bruins fans of, you know, once they get set in their ways, it seems like Swayman, yes. Omar, no, um, but the goalies obviously really enjoy each other with their celebratory yeah. hugs yep. that they got going on. Um, you know, Rask was in there, you know, w- with his comeback, but you could see that Rask joining that tandem and Swayman going down. It just wasn't the right move. Right. So Rask, you know, retired. Now you got the, the goalie tandem back together. Yep. Um, it makes all the difference in the world. It reminds me back in the eighties where the Bruins were successful. Uh, it was Reggie Lemlin and Andy Moog. Yeah. And while there was competition between the two of them, um, 
they supported each other, which right. I think most goalies do. Right. They support each other. But I think it's a little more special here in Boston. I know Allmark makes 5.5 mil or whatever. Um, but, um, you know, all a goalie has to do is get hot. I've seen it over and over. Right. If they get hot, they can stop anything everywhere. So hopefully the two of them are feeling comfortable with each other, supporting each other. Um, you know, who knows? Maybe they're roommates together. Right. And that could help us to have them more confident. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think the Bruins third line of Coyle, Smith and Frederick have been absolutely on a tear. Um, we need Bergeron back, uh, which by the way, real quick, I want to say if he's not the Selkie winner this year with his best analytic numbers of his career this season, I don't know what to say, but I hope that that means he's re-signing with the Bruins because he did say he'll always play as long as he's performing at an elite level, and he certainly still is, even with his injuries. Do you think Bergeron's going to re-sign, or do you think this – a lot of people think, Dad, that this might be the time he retires. If he doesn't see we uh, don't, Sweeney we, going for the cup, we, why would he stay? We, we don't know to the extent of his true injury. Right. And we don't know how he's feeling, and it's when these injuries – pile up any player will tell you that it you know that it knocks them down and it it comes to a point when they know they're not playing like you said at the level that they feel they should that's when they know it's time to hang it up i think bergeron knows and he'll make the best for his decision uh he'll make his decision what's best for him and uh the bruins may want to sign him again but i think if he knows he can't be the captain and the player on the ice, then he'll probably, you know, leave while he's the legend that he is rather than trying to squeak it out a few more years. And he's in and out of the lineup with injuries. Right. No, absolutely. And unfortunately, and I the Bruins fans have to realize that the Marchant Bergeron, you know, sort of era of the Bruins is, is going to come to a close in the this. future. We don't need to talk about this right now. Doesn't have to be now, but the this. Bruins have, have got to make those moves. Right. And and the Bruins, uh, Sweeney and Neely, I think they owe it to those two guys to try to get them, you know, one more chance at the cup. Who knows? Maybe these moves are going to uh, help them. Lindholm's certainly going to help. That's a great ac acquisition right there. I just wish that we addressed the one last thing that we needed, which was some more – I know we need a top six forward, but even more middle six forward depth would have been great. But uh, look, we'll deal with it, okay? But Dad, I know that you're on a time limit today yep. with work, so I know that you got a couple of UK hockey things to get yeah, to. If you don't so, mind touching on that, yeah. So we, you know, having our um, uh, UK players on, we've uh, acquired uh, quite a few uh, subscribers from UK, and we want to throw some love to them and talk a little bit of uh, UK hockey with them. So. Again, I think our listeners if in the U.S. and Canada, if they listen to us pretty regularly, they'll kind of know uh, a little bit about the British Elite League over there. And uh, But if not, you know, they have an elite league and the former NHLers, uh, AHLers, uh, native players, other European players. It's really a great league. Mm -hmm. It's top-notch playing. Anyway... Due to uh, Justin Hodgman, who's uh, certainly one of our favorite guests, uh, he plays over there, and we've gotten to tie in with uh, some Sheffield fans that have now follow us and uh, things like that. We want to uh, talk a little bit about Sheffield. So uh, they're in the hunt 
for first place. Uh, they're they not sitting in first anymore? No, they're in second. They're, they're, they're four points out. And uh, the season ends April 10th. And uh, as they're closing in, they want to beat, you know, I think the champs from last year, I, I'd have to look that up, Belfast, you know, Ireland. So Belfast is in first and uh, Sheffield is right on their heels. This past weekend, um, Sheffield played their rivals, Nottingham. Mm-hmm. And I believe Nottingham, I think it was Sylvain Clubchier played for them, one of our former guests. Uh, and I think David Ling as well. Yeah. He was a Nottingham Panther. So we're well aware of the rivalry between Sheffield and Nottingham. And Nottingham uh, shut out Sheffield this past weekend, which is not good because they're in the hunt. Right. Shut them out 3-0. And what's interesting for North American fans is the goaltender that shut them out, Nottingham goalie Kevin Carr, which should ring a bell here in the Tulsa fans because he was a Tulsa Oiler a few years ago, five years ago. And then he moved on and he was in Utah, Andrew. And I believe he won, a, won the cup with Utah Grizzlies. Awesome. I could be wrong, but he definitely was in Utah. And of course, uh, did some AHL and then moved over there. So we know Kevin Carr, great goaltender, uh, more of a stand-up goaltender rather than butterfly. And it paid off, and the, the, the kid's good. So he shut out Sheffield, unfortunately. Belfast won again. So Nottingham, the rivals, are playing Belfast this coming weekend. So you're in that situation where you need your dreaded rivals to win right. against Belfast. Right. So uh, if Nottingham wins one out of their two games this weekend, uh, that'll help Sheffield, who trail, uh, like I said, Belfast. And uh, Sheffield, I think, has one game in hand. And Sheffield, I think, has been on the road past three weeks or so. Now they're going to do a homestand. So uh, it's pretty exciting um, if you can watch some of the games. If not, follow it. It's really good hockey being played over there. The fights are incredible if you're into the enforcer game over there. Um, But, you know, really heating up, exciting competition over there. So, we're more partial to uh, Sheffield at the moment. Yeah, at the moment. Yeah. So we're rooting for Sheffield. So Sheffield Steelers, we're wishing you well all the way here from the United States. Yes. Uh, and uh, we wish you guys well. And uh, we'll hopefully talk to uh, a Sheffield player. We actually have a couple that we've contacted that say they'll come on. It's just hard to schedule current players because right. they're just so busy and they don't want to get distracted. But Right. Uh, well, and I noticed, too, as we've contacted these players, they're a little bit more busy the second half of the season, obviously, as they gear up for the playoffs and a lot more traveling. So, and I'm sure making up games for COVID. But, Dad, again, with you being on a time limit, I do want to jump ahead because yeah. we did promise our listeners yeah. that we'd give them a, um, a spoiler alert of our upcoming guests on Friday and then just our upcoming guests in general. I feel like that uh, we never get to do that. And we always have guests normally planned out four or five weeks in advance, four or five guests. So um, let's get started with the one that's going to be on Friday. People should know this name, especially you, Dad, mm-hmm. old school guys. Cam Connor, former Montreal Canadian, which he's most noted for. He played for quite a few teams in the NHL. Hockey Hall of Famer. Got his name on the cup. Stanley Cup champ. Technically, yep. I, I don't think he will. Well, we won't talk to him. I got to do a little more research. I don't think he was on the team when like right. meaning active player when right. they won the cup, but he got his name on the cup. Yep. 
hey, I'd love my name on the cup. But my big thing is WHA. Yeah, that'll be World Hockey Association. I want to, you know, it's our first sort of old-time player that actually played in the WHA. We're going to talk about that. And he also played with Gordie Howe. Yep. And he played with Wayne Wayne Gretzky. Yeah, that's right. So it's going to be fun to to listen to some old-school hockey. And he also has his own big podcast, too, which I'm sure a lot of people listen to if they're in the hockey world, especially old-school hockey. Go ahead. Scott Burt, Birdie. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he is head coach yep. here in the ECHL with Rapid City. Yep. And he's coming on. Uh, and who else we got? So uh, these are in no particular order. It's not like we did this in the dates, but we have Scott Burt sometime after Cam Connor. We also have, uh, I believe, current AHL player Ryan Chanel, which I know that name. I think he's even made good. I don't think he's playing anymore, Mitch. I think he'd be tired of a lot. Okay. Well, he was an active AHL player for a while. Remember that name? Corey Eads, who is uh, the GM. And uh, I don't remember if he was also the head coach now. I think he's just the GM for the Fargo Force of the USHL, but it might be the same uh, with ECHL if it's head coach stuff. And then uh, before I forget, we also have Sylvain. Last name starts with an F. I'm not even going to try and pronounce it, but Halifax Mooseheads head coach in the uh, – um, and part of the CHL leagues, I'm going to say WHL or OHL. I can't remember now because we've been going at it. Uh, and I'm not a juniors hockey guy. So for my Canadian listeners, please don't roast me. for not knowing which league the Halifax Mooseheads are in. I probably should know that. But five big guests coming up, Dad. Not only is it just we have a former big NHL star, but we also have head coaches, former minor pro. Um, and then we've also got GM too. I mean, yeah. And, and we'll be talking some Bruins playoffs as we get into it as well. We'll have, uh, you know, Dave Capiano on to talk, uh, some analysis with us since, uh, we're just like couch potato fans. Yep. We'll get a real, uh, players, uh, perspective on that stuff. So a lot of good stuff coming up. We want to thank everybody for tuning in for this special edition for the, UK Sheffield yep. talk, also all the Bruins trade deadline stuff. So um, we never really get to talk. Yep. I know our last episode we did, uh, but it's fun just for us to kind of chat every once in a while. Right. Well, it had been about 50 or so episodes since we've done this, where we've been able to sit down and talk just hockey and what's going on. It was about this time last year. So uh, I also think maybe sometimes our listeners don't mind hearing us talk in our, our crappy opinions from the couch and, uh, well, again, we appreciate everybody tuning in. This has been fun for us, but we will kick back up our normal special guest weekly routine. So Jeff, definitely be continuing on the lookout. It's not like we're stopping that at yep. all. We just kind of exactly. took a two-week break because we wanted to talk hockey ourselves. So again, thank you from the Lindroth Boys and Lindroth Hockey Podcast. Take care.